Hi, all, and welcome back to Damon All to Hell. I'm Kelly Gibson. Uh, it's still 2019. It was 2019 last week, too. I'm still getting yeah. used to it. <laughs> and I'm Tracy Dietz, and I uh, am drinking today. Yay! So I'm in such a better mood. And what? we talked last week on the episode about uh, wine in a can, and Tracy came through with it. So she brought two cans of wine in. We're doing a taste test of sorts, and we got a little bit of a jump start. So we've been drinking one, which tastes it's good. so good. It's yeah, so good. it's uh, the Simpler Wines brand, 2, T-O-O, Uncanny. And we're trying the first one. it's um, from Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Trader Joe's actually think, uh, makes it. Or I think do they? Trader Joe's only sells booze in particular states. So. Oh, well, yeah. in Virginia. Okay. So, uh, so this is from Australia. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it tastes good. Yeah. It's like, uh, to me, it seems like a, somewhere between like a cab and a pinot. Like it's, it's just not a, it's a red wine blend. Yeah. It's a red wine, which <laughs> perhaps maybe it is. Some sort yeah. Did you check that? Okay, good. So now we're going to do, we're going to do the other one. The other one. Which is good. Which I've now seen the can. Which you, yeah. So just don't look at it here, cab. Richard. I have an extra can too, just in case, you know. Of which? Of the cab, because mm. the cab's better. <laughs> I mean, you generally like cabs better, I think, than anything else. Yeah. That is that is Fine. drinkable. <laughs> it's drinkable, for sure. Which I think is the point of canned wine. Drinkability. Is it that it's drinkable. Yeah. yeah. So these cans are two ninety nine at Trader Joe's. Not to get confused <laughs> with likeability. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't get any. Don't get it twisted. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's going early. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I prefer the cab. So Australia, not that I typically would drink an Australian cab, but you know what? Nor would I typically drink wine in a can, but Next I got to tell you, this is pretty fucking fantastic. Next week I'll bring Underwood, which is the c- canned wine that I like. <laughs> We're going to yeah, can, we'll can it up. Can it up. Yeah, just yeah. carry it. It's easy to stick in your purse. Totes. Yeah. Did it, you just say totes? Totes. Oh, yeah. my God. And I was actually, my girlfriend, so woke. my girlfriend was listening to, it has totes, has nothing to do with being woke. My girlfriend was listening to the episode last week <laughs> and telling, being very kind to my girlfriend Casey about how much she liked it. But she was saying, when you were talking about the wine, I can't believe you didn't say the pool. We're members of a pool and it's BYL. We can't bring glass. So like you can't bring a glass bottle of wine. So the canned wine is really good. So oh, there that's you go. nice. You don't pool. stick it in like your, see, we have like those Starbucks I, cups where you can pull a whole bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one of those, but like. This is easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you could just throw it in a cooler and keep your Pinot Grigio cold. (laughs) So moving on to the sort of crux of the show, last week was this amazing week in this town, especially Swearing-In Day. And it doesn't actually matter what your partisanship is. Swearing-In Day, um, the the sort of buzz on the House side was sort of tangible just because there's so many new members, 42 new women, half of them women of color. And it was this really cool thing. But almost immediately... Ship blew up between the announcement, like the true and not God honest announcement of Elizabeth Warren and the weekend papers were like all up in arms about whether or not a woman could be be the president. And that that will be the button that we'll talk about a little bit later. But the but night, that's been but they've been saying that they say that. But it's like just like yes. blown the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like and it's it's forcing a conversation too early, in my opinion. These women are not not going to get in. Right. Like Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, Senator Gillibrand, Senator Klobuchar. Wait, so I'm sorry, go back. What do you mean you think it's happening too early? Like, can a woman be president? It's, it's, I don't think that. That is a very old conversation. It is, but it's, I mean, too early for a 2020. Like, they're going to run to be president. So let's see how it plays out a little bit before we say whether or not they can be president. There's so many unknowns. Yeah, but that's the media. Right. That's your media. Right. Like, that's what they do. But it's dragging consultants into it. Like, it's dragging, like, the opinion leaders class into it. I mean, the answer is yes, a woman can be president. There really doesn't need to be. 
But there never has been a woman president. No, but they clearly can be. Right. The rules make it so that a woman is allowed to be president. The can in that statement is, would this country elect a woman? Well, that's a different question. That's the question. Not right. Yeah. But the night of swearing in, Congresswoman Tlaib from Michigan went to an after event for a progressive group and and said very strong language about the president of this country. She she said that they were going to impeach the motherfucker and the world exploded. It was a lot and it has sparked a very interesting conversation about language about decency, about civil discourse, about different standards for different people. Um, And Tracy and I already started in the preparation for this to disagree. And we said, leave it for the podcast. Um, I think that the blowback is not because she called him a motherfucker. It's because she's a woman of color. (sighs) So to be clear, the world blew up when Donald Trump said you could grab him by the pussy. I'm not saying they shouldn't have blown up. To I'm no just saying they did. Yeah. Uh, to no consequence. Still got elected uh, president of the United States. He did. But if Hillary had made one stop in Michigan or Pennsylvania, he probably wouldn't have been. But whatever. Like, it's neither Water here nor there. Water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Um, and also, if we're comparing apples to apples, which I don't know if we can, is the response about her use of profanity? On yeah, but par anytime use anybody uses profanity, I mean, they ripped Dick Cheney up and down when he told Patrick Leahy to go fuck himself on the Senate floor. Now he was on the Senate floor, so it's a difference, maybe. But like, I don't think that the rules are any different on the Senate floor than they are in a bar. Do you think the rules are different for a man or a woman? For a man and, and a woman. Do you think a woman is Do penalized I think what more? Rules? The no. rules of decorum. No. Expectations I think of decorum. We, you and I both know that we are probably more successful because we say fuck a lot. <laughs> we play that game. We are one of the guys. We go in. We do that whole thing. But you thing, said but to the, me that you watch what you say. I know my audience. I know if that is going and to be And it's not based on gender. It's based on like correct values or something. Or, or just in general, like some people just don't find language appropriate. But you think that men and women can swear equally and have the same reaction from I, the same audience? Sure. If it's the exact same audience, it feels the exact same way. I don't have any research or studies to prove that. I know that I swear in meetings far more than my male counterparts. Yeah, you, because you've laid the groundwork for that, I bet. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I, but there's a lot of times I meet new people, and I don't walk into a meeting and immediately start saying, fuck. Most certainly. Yeah. Um, I wonder but if my issue. So my my thing, like, I don't, the world blew up over what the congresswoman said. I I would like to think that uh, women in general are just better and have more class than men, and <laughs> are, are, are just... Men are more successful, but... Women have more class. I don't think that men are more successful. Like, men are more successful professionally, period. Why? Because there's more of them having bigger jobs. Men are more successful. Men are men make more money. They have more. That's because CEO they chose. Jobs, yeah, because more, that's what the roles that they have gone into for years they and years get and years. Them. Yeah. Yeah, but so do women. I'm a fucking CEO. Like, don't put down women. Like, we're um, not. We can't do it. We can't be successful. Men are more successful. I'm not putting like, it down. I'm saying the numbers play out that men are more successful than women. There's also more men in the workplace, and there are women because they're allowed to be. Oh, fuck me. What? Yeah. If, no, because women choose not to go into the workforce. Because they're expected to have them raise they're their babies. They're not expected. What if they want to? They can want to, but so, no, they can't. Because you don't want them to want to stay I home. want men to want to do it, too. 
Who the fuck cares? I would like somebody else <laughs> to care. do the dishes. Like, I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want my husband to want to do the dishes. Somebody's got to do the fucking dishes. Like, what, what do you mean you want men to do it? I want men to have the space <laughs> to stay at home with their kids if they the do. decision is way, way lower numbers. Because that is a choice that both because parents have made. culturally, women stay home with the kids and men go to work. Because they're forced to. Because women are forced to stay home. Because culturally, that's to. what ex- is expected. No, of course oh, they're allowed to. Oh, and because women to. aren't capable of making their own decisions to stay home or go to work. I mean, you and I are just going to disagree with this until we're both in the ground, <laughs> for sure. Like, this is what we disagree on. But I think if we asked 100 women if culturally they are, feel more pressure to stay home than their husbands, 9 out of 10 are going to say women feel the pressure to take care of their children and not the men. Uh, you may disagree with that, but that it is would like just you're living inter- on Pluto. It would just be interesting to see how many women just want to stay home. And how and many then women when you ask them why, what is their answer? What if they want to stay home? What's the answer? I know lots of women want, that I were per- executives that now stay home and are happy staying home. They don't want to go back to How many to men do you know who are executives that they made the decision to go stay at home and now they like staying at home? I'm saying that the experiment is not equal. Okay. It's not equal analysis. So anyway, that's a long way to, to say that I think that the experiment of the way a man or a woman sort of presents themselves to a room is judged differently. And so there, there's this opinion piece in the post uh, written by a woman, an opinion columnist called Rashida Tlaib said nothing wrong. And in there, there is a quote from a psychologist that wrote a book called Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger. And in the book, she says, quote, like anger itself, cursing has been discouraged in women as it is considered unladylike and masculizing. But in fact, it's useful precisely because it's an outlet for all that pent up anger. Anger seems to help repel some of the women contemplating presidential runs. On and on and on and on and on and on. All the people, Gillibrand and Harris and so and so. And that the hysteria over Tlaib's four syllable word is like a warning to them and to all women just starting their careers not to show how livid they really are to stay in line. Which I feel like from the conversation we just had, you would disagree with all of that. Uh, I don't disagree with what the fact that what she said wasn't wrong. She has the right to say whatever she wants to say, right? Um, I think it was politically stupid. (laughs) Although not to her base. Like political how? Well, I think, so it like hurts, to get, I think it hurts the Democrats. To get something. I think pushing the whole impeachment thing, because yeah. Nancy Pelosi's already walked it back, is dumb. Right, and Congressman Sherman introduced a resolution to the, on the floor of the Congress to, to reinstate an impeachment process, right? The Democrats are super split on it. And yes, there is a policy discussion and about whether where, or not we should be trying to where, impeach the president. Here's where it bothers me. So uh, there are people out there like Ann Coulter. Um, I'm trying to think of some terrible Democrats that I named. She's not good. Like, like commentators? Like just in general, just just women in general that are in positions of power or talking heads or something that say and do horrible, stupid things that just set a bad example for women as a whole. And so this woman just gets elected to Congress. It is awesome. She's the first Muslim elected to Congress. I don't think she's pretty young, too. So she's young. She's Muslim. She's the mother of boys. She's the mother. She's Mm -hmm. like all those things are awesome. And then I think she's tarnishing it a little bit by doing that, both politically and professionally. Tarnishing it because because why? Finish the sentence. Like because she's showing anger because she's not being professional in her language. Yeah. So so do you remember like so you remember how you lost your shit over? Fuck, I can't even remember his name. 
Brad Kavanaugh, because his his behavior when he testified was... Because he screamed and cried and then screamed and cried and then screamed and cried? Yes, yeah. yes. The way she was describing... Well, it's not even the way she was describing. She just said, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Right. So calling but the president... Not, the mother- they're not going to impeach him. <laughs> One. So it's a false truth. So <laughs> I, it just... I don't know. I mean, it's it's almost like she was saying it for attention, and I think it's negative attention, right? Like, it's just not... Yeah. She is now a congresswoman. She wants to change the world. Saying we're going to impeach the motherfucker doesn't, uh, it's just, the rhetoric seems off. So let's talk about the double like, standard. So here's the let's other talk thing. About no, the double no, but wait, but wait. So uh, you would never hear Alexandria Ocasio Cortez say that. No, but she backed her up fierce on Twitter. She did. She said she did but nothing I guarantee wrong. you that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez would never say that. What she will say is a lot of things that aren't based in fact. Hmm. Right. You don't prefer her politics. I don't. Yes. But she's extremely professional and she's walking in and she's shaking shit up and she's doing for the Democrats some amazing things in Congress just by shaking shit up. That is a good example, despite her politics. Right. Like I hate her politics, (laughs) think they're terrible. She is doing some things to shake up. I think this this woman is now going to lose some respect because of that. So Alexandria and not Ocasio- because she said fuck. Like, I don't think it's a matter of like just walking into a room and saying. You think it's more impeachment than it is the language. I think. Yeah. I think saying impeach the motherfucker. I mean, she could have said impeach the son of a bitch. She could have said impeach the asshole. It, it's not a matter. Of, it's not the motherfucker. The, it's, the same. The, you would. The same response would have been incited with all those iterations of. Curse right. Words. So <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went on Twitter to Did defend. I pronounce her Congress- name wrong? No. To defend con- Congresswoman Tlaib and said that the re- the Republicans were feigning outrage. The hypocrisy was fierce because all the, the same kind of outrage wasn't on the table when they're when the president. So had what done Republicans equally. are outraged? There is the Sunday shows. There was like a handful. This was the thing they were talking about. And every time there was an elected member saying like how ridiculous and how disrespectful and, you know, how that, that were was they showing. really outraged or were they just saying it was inappropriate? Because I think it was inappropriate. Well, I mean, I'm it's not outraged. The same. I, I mean, it's, it's the same. Anytime an, elected, the same. anytime an elected official goes on a, on, on a talk show, they're outraged about something. I mean, it's the formula of those shows. But what I, when I said just a couple minutes ago, let's talk about the double standard. It's like, I know two wrongs don't make a right. I know Donald Trump goes low and there's no fixing that. I know that he's like, he's he's done this thing and we'll never change him. Why is he just allowed to be a disrespectful hateful dum-dum like what do you why mean are we he's allowed, allowed nobody's allowing nobody's I mean, saying every, you know when we were oh talking my god about everybody's it, saying right but it's sort of like he, that's what he does that's what he does but nobody just because he does it doesn't mean anyone else should do it like that's what he does that's but the way he's outraged it. by the shit he says but They're there's no all the time there's no longer like a call for like he should learn his lesson and change next time People are outraged no, when he says... No, they absolutely have. They, they've all tried to get him to shut the fuck up. They've all tried to take his fucking phone. They've all tried. There so, is most certainly so an outrage So why do all the him. Republicans re-elect him in 2020, according to you? Why do all the Republicans? I don't know, because we clearly don't understand... Democrats don't understand voters and know how to get elected. No, Republicans. You guys could put up a respectful... small government, low taxes, pro-GDP, They, they won't beat him in a primary. Why not? Because people don't give a fuck if you call the president a motherfucker. Like, because people don't care if he grabs pussies or calls China motherfuckers or calls kneeling NFL players sons then of bitches. Then they won't or, care if she calls him a motherfucker. But they do. 
I mean, she got elected. She I guess did, but she'll I'm get elected this afterwards. Again. Yeah, I'm just saying that I get very clearly that you are disagreeing with me that there is a difference between genders and the reflection of doing these kinds of disrespectful things based on gender. I get that you don't agree with me, but to me, that therein lies the double standard. You're making the point that like nobody says anything and nobody's outraged by his behavior. We are. There were Democrats that but were he'll outraged be, by her behavior. Yeah, yeah, including like, so my business partner fucking, who I got in a big Everybody's argument fucking outraged except, over all of it. Except who? No, no, except that the the leader of the shit-talking <laughs> contingent, the President of the United States, will, according to you and other Republicans I know, easily walk into a second term in the White House. Yeah. Well, there's no consequence to bad behavior. So why wouldn't you, instead of beating him, why wouldn't you just fucking join him? You go low, we go low harder. I, that's totally fine. I, I just don't think it's okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, do what you got to do. I don't know. I just, I think there are there are ways to be powerful and be not that. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, sure. I just don't, I just don't, I don't like that rhetoric. You know? So, and, and again, it's different. I mean, I'm not an elected official. If I was an elected official... God help us all. <laughs> I think you'd be so good at it. Uh, no, because I'd be like, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. Because that's what I was not, not about this president. For but sure. But that's exactly what I do, which is why I should not be in fucking Congress. I think you should. No. I think no, you should. No, there is a difference between, uh, to me still, there is a difference between the real world and elected officials. And I still, I still hold elected officials and I hold out hope that they are a a different breed of people and that they are better, just like I want doctors to be better. Yeah. So, there, right? so many, many, many episodes ago, I, I I agreed with you very clearly when we were talking about Josh Hawley and all the shit. And he was the sitting whatever he was, a member of the state house. I can't remember what he was before he was before he senator. Was he governor? No. Anyway, I don't know. Attorney general. Attorney general. And so I agree that elected officials have a job that is more important than pretty much anyone else in this country. And as such, they should be better, quote unquote better. But I also think that the government is served better by people that understand the needs and concerns of regular Americans, which came to fruition this this midterm election. There is more sort of, quote unquote, regular people serving in Congress than we've had before, right? Nurses and teachers and librarians and all sorts of shit. And part of what I think the Congresswoman's mistake was, was just based out of not being practiced, sort of a mistake of naivete, right? That that candidate, Congresswoman Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib, is different than Congresswoman Tlaib and that there is, it's a very difficult thing to navigate. Sure. And here she is on swearing in and it's buzzy and she's surrounded by people that feel so represented by her and her boys were standing next to the Speaker of the House, you know, just all that stuff. And... And she never said, I apologize, I'm new here, I made a mistake. I mean, how can she? That would be used against her in a re-election. So there is some navigating those yeah. two spheres. But I think that you got you gotta learn gotta learn up a new job, you know? Yeah. And um and she should be gracious in her mistakes, but maybe in in viewing and judging her mistakes, we should also be gracious, which we're not a very maybe. gracious Yeah. I mean, we're clearly. not a gracious and, media and, for sure. No one is held accountable anymore the way they were even like 12 years yeah, ago, even 10 years ago, 16 years yeah. ago. I mean, I mean, Todd Aiken got destroyed when he said you can't get pregnant from rape. And that was just 12, wasn't it? I think uh, that was 2012. You're right. Because right. it, it was the, he lost. He was yeah. done. Like yeah. that was it. 
And, right. and that, there, again, there is some like, stupid that's too stupid for for government. Right, but that's stupid. Or judgy or yeah, whatever. He, that was a stupid, super stupid thing to say. But, I mean, also in the grand scheme of things that are offensive that have been said in the last four years, that is nothing, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not talking to the 47% that aren't paying taxes. I mean, God, Mitt Romney seems like normal. I know, that was, yeah. I that mean, was you like remember? Disney, I mean, that destroyed him. That was the end. Yeah. Like, that was the end of his So I wonder campaign. when it'll cycle back. Because it has to cycle I don't know. back. I don't We're know not that gonna, it will. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be trashy forever. You don't have to state facts anymore. Either side. Neither um, side has to say facts. Can't we, can't as voters, we reintroduce the well, necessity? You talk to the voters. Talk I to do. The voters. It's my job <laughs> yeah. to talk to the well, voters. Mark on it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, Tracy and I are going to take a break from yelling at each other for a hot sack, and we're going to talk to Frida. Do you think that we were yelling? I mean, I think it's an objective I'm fact sorry. that you and I were yelling at each other that for a was while. Fun. That was exciting. Yeah. That was so much more exciting than last <laughs> week where we were, there was no yelling. Anyway, I mean, I just yes. knew. Remember, I started being like, this is going to be fun. And you were like, I don't really think it's yeah. going to be fun. All right. Okay. But we're going to talk to Frida and she's a breath of fresh air. So take it away, Trace. We are back today with Frida Jets. We are so excited that you're back, Frida. I am so excited to be back with you both. I missed you. Oh, we missed you. Yeah. Hope you had a great holiday. So tell us a little bit about what's going on for 2019 for you. Great. Well, thank you both um, the dames for participating and our amazing listeners for uh, the inaugural Courage to Run last fall. We kicked off the year and are really ramping up for what's in store in, in 2019, specifically our next Courage to Run, which will be April 13th, 2019. And it's really been expanding and scaling uh, due to the very positive responses, celebrating women, cheering them on to finish strong, and importantly, being healthy to lead effectively in civic life today. That's so awesome. Top of we mind, finished strong yeah. at the end of t- at the, in the 2018 midterms, women did. So it feels <laughs> like if it's not expanding, then, you know, it's not a good thing. So that's awesome. Super exciting. Well, uh, I'll be signing up for Courage to Run in April. Without your with daughter's children. No, I'm going to bring them. They can do it. You carried Charlie for yeah. a portion she's of fine. it. You know what? She went out with she's me this past week and, and did three miles. She's fine. Whatever. Right. She's fine. Yeah. Women are strong, right? Um, so how do you think that this next Courage to Run will be different? given the the massive wave of women that were elected this cycle? Do you think you're going to have a bigger turnout? Do you think it'll be bigger just in general because it's the second one? What Do you, do you see any differences? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So as I look into my magical crystal ball, there's two pathways or two trails that are forming. One is in response, I've received a spike of emails and calls from Interestingly, college campuses that are very interested in organizing Courage to Runs on their at their universities uh, as part of gender classes or just as a means of teaching students about political organizing and civic participation, which is super cool. Yeah, um, that's and awesome. The, which is awesome. And the other thing is some of it was reported in the, in the press um, and then some of it's purely anecdotal was we see women that have seen this wave of women running last year, which is just building their confidence, building their certainty, asking the question of where do I fit in and are, are preparing to step forward either in some of the, the few municipal elections that are happening in 2019, or I think there's about five states, primarily in the South, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, and then Virginia, 
where there are either constitutional offices up for election or the, the assembly. So we're planning on reaching out to women in those specific races in 2019 and, and doing it again. So those are two things. We're definitely planning on having a, a larger and more robust event in Washington, D.C., and hopefully there won't be another Florence that we're, <laughs> we're up against. And really using this year, which is overwhelmingly an off year, as an opportunity to build up support and empower local activists and candidates across the country to support um, what used to be called virtual ones and are now called community runs. Awesome. So that's the vision. H- yeah. Have you translated any of the excitement for the actual physical run into activism in this off? I remember when we first talked about you creating this event, it was sort of um, symbolic about making sure we put ourselves first in a bunch of arenas. Um, But has there been excitement from either people that participated or that were sponsors to sort of take the theme and move it into other spaces? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been wonderful seeing somewhat of a ripple effect happening. Several participants uh, across the country are now organizing community runs and they're they're ready to run for office themselves. And I've been in conversations with a number of them, primarily in the Midwest, that are trying to discern what's the right seat based on their passions and their relationships and where they can have the greatest impact. And then the other is really seeing this evolution of how to encourage civic activism for younger generations. Um, And I know that in Seattle, one thing that they're planning on doing is we we drafted a resolution, like a Courage to Run resolution. And they're going to be working on a a youth-led, adult-assisted effort to get that passed at their local city council and potentially other arenas as a means of teaching the students about civic engagement and the political process. So it's really cool seeing how things are evolving based on people's ideas and, uh, and needs. That is super awesome. I mean, the title you gave this sort of movement, Courage to Run, is is so translatable. I mean, you could maybe down the line, there'll be some sort of two-part event. First day you run, you you run with your feet. And the second day you train up to run for office or something. I mean, it just seems so cool how, how you can sort of merge up different groups um, that are trying to accomplish the same thing, encourage women to have courage to get them to put themselves first, to understand the strengths that they have to lead their community or people in their community, and then, of course, to stay healthy in the process, both mentally and physically. It just seems like you've created what could potentially be a bit of a catch-all, it seems to me. Mm, yeah, I mean, you just gave me goosebumps. One of the All of our champions, we went from uh, almost 20 to over 30. Our partner and champion organizations has expanded not only from just nonpartisan organizations, but also partisan organizations, including um, Republican Women for Progress and Emerge, which focuses on training Democratic women. And they're all really united around our shared effort of celebrating women, being healthy, leading courageously and championing democracy, which is fabulous to see us kind of modeling the way of the talking point of women are more collaborative, like let's be it and do it. And these organizations that are participating do precisely that. They train the next generation of civic leaders. And we're adding a very key description of healthy, you know, healthy in mind, in body, and in leadership style that will benefit society. So I also love the just the bipartisan nature of this, this whole program. Mm. We spent a lot of time in here talking about the importance of bipartisanship. So it's civility, like bipartisanship and civility. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, as we expanded out to include 
partisan organizations, we added on, you know, what does running courageously really mean in today's day and age, especially in the absence of civility and really decaying civility. And so what we are defining it as is really saying yes to respecting and seeking to understand, asking powerful questions and genuine, honest dialogue and saying no to the, the politics and toxic rhetoric of, of othering and um, <laughs> you and don't even you don't even know it. But you've just created a bridge to something Tracy and I are talking about uh, today, which is Congresswoman Tlaib and the drama around um, mm. what is unmistakably courageous, but perhaps uh, misplaced rhetoric. I don't know. We have to wait and see. Tracy and I will get into that a little bit. In I this, don't know that I'd call episode. it courageous. Mm. I think that. But you and I are definitely bringing civility back. Yeah, right. Unless you we're not. Are. Unless we're yelling at each other. <laughs> we always end in civility, though, even if that we get true. in the weeds Nobody's the yelling today. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Well, I, I Tracy mentioned it earlier, but I as well I look forward to participating. My birthday's April 16th, so it's a good way to co- come into my 37th year on April 13th to run this race. So we will oh, be there great. in full-blown yeah. spirit. Yeah. Thank yeah. you again, oh, Frida. Yeah, thanks for joining, for joining us. us. Thank you for, for all that you're doing for women. Uh, thank you for this organization. It's awesome. My kids are going to look oh. forward to running 3.1 <laughs> miles again. <laughs> I love it. I still They'll crush the kids around still, mine, Yeah. Three of my favorite photos are um, Tracy, you carrying your daughter to piggybacking <laughs> along the race route. Uh, Kelly, you and your boys, these are crossing the finish line that, that awesome. made like prime time in North Dakota, <laughs> the image. And and then the image of the, the little ones at the finish yeah, line after so they finished the Kids Fest yeah. for Democracy. Uh, so for those listening, again, it's April 13th, 2019. Uh, you can register now live on couragetorun.org. Early bird registration extends through the end of the month. If you're a service member or a veteran or a partner of a service member or a veteran, we do have a special discount for you. And thanks for your service. And we will, again, have the Kids Desk for Democracy and a special rate for emerging leaders. So don't delay. Join <laughs> us uh, in D.C. And also, uh, you're, you're welcome and encouraged to run no matter where you are in the country uh, virtually. So awesome. thanks awesome. for okay. having me again. Thanks, Frida. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Can't wait for April 13th to run, run, run. Maybe we should race, like actually race next time. Oh, God, I got to practice. I think we should actually have teams. We should get a Republican team and a Democratic team and just have the Dame at all teams. Fun. That would be awesome. Let's try, yeah. My kids are not going to be on my team. (laughs) Um, Okay, so today's button is, it's a hot button. It's a hot button because, and seriously, like literally, the new Congress got sworn in one, not even a full week ago, and already the shit has hit the fucking fan with the lady stuff. It's amazing. So this this week's button is all about uh, Elizabeth Warren. So there was an article in, sorry, I'm just, you know, filling everybody's In the Guardian, which is here. funny that you went, yeah. I went in the article. It's because every time I Google sexism, <laughs> it's some shit from the UK. Right, like, it's I always thought, the UK stuff. There was also a big article in the Times this weekend. So it's sort of everywhere. But yeah, you you kick off your the, the Guardian stuff. Yeah, so the, the article uh, was about... The title was The Issue with Elizabeth Warren Isn't Likeability, It's Sexism. And it goes down, it basically explains about how Elizabeth Warren is actually a very likable person. person. She was like a teacher. She comes from a regular family. She's got a family. Right. So I started... I started She's not dynasty at all. Right. So I started thinking a lot about that. And 
I started thinking about the fact that the right hated Michelle Obama. More, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they hated Michelle Obama like, more than they. One of them called her they, an ape or something. But oh, I, oh, do you remember that? Who was that? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't care. That's not okay. Uh, the right hated Michelle Obama more than they hated Barack Obama. Why? Why? I, 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 that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> Sarah Palin, hockey mom, super likable. Everybody loves Sarah Palin. She's she like, was a dumb I'm, dumb. I'm just Sarah Palin. <laughs> I can see Russia from my house. Right, she's a dumb dumb. Right. They mm-hmm. fucking hated her. The left annihilated her. She was a dumb person. They hated her. They hated Carly Fiorina. But they what? hated. I don't think we hate it. I mean, oh. she was pro business and anti unions. Right. And- hated. Hated her. Hated Fiorina. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you you only didn't hate her a lot because she wasn't going to be the nominee. Probably. <laughs> if she was more likely to be the nominee, you would have super hated her, which also And Donald a lot. Trump was so terrible to her that I sort of felt like just based on her looks and shit that I sort of felt like at one point I was sort of coming to her by her side as like just an individual person. They hated Meg Whitman, California. Actually, it's funny because the left gave her shit about the fact that she wasn't around enough to take care of her son, uh, which yes, is funny yeah. that no, the left did that. Completely hypocritical. Uh, Joni Ernst was castrating hogs in fucking Iowa. Like, who doesn't love Joni Ernst? Hated her. Didn't like her. Did we not like her as a person or not like her politics? I don't know. If you didn't like her. Jan Brewer. which <laughs> Jan Brewer's a terrible person. Maybe. <laughs> terrible. Marsha Blackburn. Person. Anna Navarro. My husband actually loves Marsha Blackburn. Does he? Loves Marsha Blackburn. Aww. Like, not her politics, but thinks, like, her voice in the Senate is going to be really, like, really moving forward. Leave it to Caleb to like make a bridge. Not anyway, my point in all of this is that Kelly was actually on to something about how <gasps> women in positions of Kelly power was on to something. in it, big positions of power. Like I think it's different for a congressperson. Congress and maybe even a little bit with Senate. But I think once oh, you take that no. next step and run for president, it's harder. Which goes back to your thing, can a woman be president? Right. Which so I still like, think, the yes. The Democrats are like, our heads are exploding right now. Because, so first of all, there was, there is like a sarcastic publication called McSweeney's, sort of like The Onion, that ran this piece about, we hated Hillary Clinton, but we also kind of hate <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Maybe we hate all women. And it just sort of cut pretty close to home. Um, and then there was this article in The Times same thing, like, can a woman win? And they interviewed all these Democratic players so like consultants and people that work for state parties and uh, delegates and um one of them said quote on one hand women are leading the resistance and deserve representation this is just democrats but on the other side there's a fear that if misogyny beat clinton it can beat other women Mm -hmm. and it goes back to like this whole thing about why did hillary lose did she lose because Monica Lewinsky and Dynasty and uh, we need something fresh and blah, blah, blah. Or did she lose? Because you couldn't say she wasn't experienced. You couldn't say she didn't know how to work across the aisle. You couldn't say she didn't know how government worked. Like she was the best candidate to actually make the government work. And she won the popular vote by three million votes. But that's obviously because they ignored the electoral map. But like if if there was misogyny involved... How do you sort of extrapolate that from the person and then apply that misogyny to other women in a way that helps you navigate that water? So I don't think the misogyny is entirely... So Clinton lost for two reasons. One, she ran a terrible campaign. Right. She, she ignored the electoral map. I right, said that. Right. right. To, and, but two, I also think that women are sexist. Women. Yeah. So if we talked said like 50, 54% right. of white women voted for Donald Trump, which, which I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I want to... Let me be very, very clear. Uh, just because 
you voted for Donald Trump and you are a woman does not mean you are a misogynist or sexist. It just means you don't give a fuck about people being misogynist. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Stop. To some extent. To some extent. No. You You have to ignore that piece of Donald Trump. You wanted something new. You wanted something new when they voted for him the first time. We'll see what happens in 2020. It will probably be the same thing. But they wanted something new. They didn't want the same. They didn't want a freaking dynasty. So, yeah, don't don't call people misogynistic and oh, sexist. It's crazy. It's touchy nice. today. So, talk. Wait, hold on. <laughs> I know you're so excited. You're talk before you go crazy. You're so mean today. Am I being mean? Go, go. bring it, bring it, bring it. Puck, go. Uh, no. You can go. No, go ahead. I don't even remember what I was going to say now. So, speaking about a friend of the pod, Celinda Lake, who's like a big deal Democratic pollster, said, quote, likability is totally framed by gender. And she also noted that many of the states with early presidential primaries or caucuses have had women as governors or senators, suggesting that those voters had no reluctance about electing women. These include Democratic governor of New Hampshire, Democratic senators in New Hampshire, Nevada and California, and the current Republican governor of Iowa and the former governor of South Carolina, all women, all early caucus states. She started by saying likability is framed by gender. So what do you think about that? Likability is framed by gender. So, you know, I had to speak at my husband's company <laughs> last week or a couple of weeks before Christmas. And, and one of the things that they asked me was there was there ever a time in my career where I felt like my gender hurt me and I gave a story. Then they asked me, has there ever been a time in your career where your gender was beneficial? And I have tons of stories where being a woman has actually helped me in my career. That is nice. I, I think you could say the same. You don't want to. But I absolutely think that maybe I need to be like hypnotized to remember them or something. I mean, right now, if you said, tell me a story about where being a woman helped you, I don't think I could come up with one. Really? Mm -hmm. So none of the congresswomen that you just got elected that you worked for, you don't think being a woman. No, in fact, one of them that hired hired me told me she wished I was a man. Why? Because her team was all women. And if she hired me, it would mean it would be all women. And she didn't think she could have an all, all female team because 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 you're not allowed to have an all female team because then nobody will take you seriously because you don't have a man on your team. I mean, she said that to me in the pitch. She hired me and kept on a man. That in a role that that is one of the dumber things. I'm just I've saying, like heard. when you I, yeah, I, that yeah, is, yeah 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 uh, nobody will take you seriously if you don't have a man on your team. Yeah, so yeah. she's part of the problem. <laughs> she's so. not currently a member of Congress, but I think, well, there you go. Yeah, um, but likability is framed by gender. To me, speaks to this idea when Hillary and Trump were running, which was. Would you, or it was in the primary really with Hillary and Bernie. Would you want to have, I want to have a beer with Bernie. Would you want to have a beer with Hillary? And oh, everyone's like, no. I don't want to fucking have a beer with Bernie. Oh my God, that would be terrible. God, yeah. I can't and think of SNL anything SNL did worse. a great skit. But that's that. And then there's this other part about these early caucuses all having elected women into executive positions or senior positions, which seems really thoughtful. But then this is where, this is where like it all breaks down for me. If the Democrats nominate a woman, it would be telling. So it would be, the second time that we elected a woman to the, be the nominee for president in a row, which means it's a thing, right? Like it's a thing. We elect women now as our nominee without having one winning in the general election. So if we have a female nominee, can she win the general? And then it's like, who the fuck knows? The other thing that with all this stuff going on with Elizabeth Warren, she totally threw some shade on Twitter. <laughs> she put, posted a video of her sitting on the Amtrak coming down for session in the quiet car. And she posted... I hear female candidates are most likable on the quiet car. 
<laughs> and just like put it out in the world, just throw in shade, which I'm just like, it's early enough in all this that you can throw shade on Twitter and like it might get picked up, but nobody pays attention. But it's clearly saying I get this. Like I get that. I get that we generally are not into women running for president, but I'm going to give it my all. She's going to give it all. Kamala Harris, Senator Harris is going to run. Senator Gillibrand is going to run. Just run for president run. and give it your all. Yeah. Like, what, what do you mean? We will find out. Our place is in the quiet car. Like, that's, I don't know. That's dumb. It's funny. <sighs> oh, Tracy doesn't it's, think You know why it's not funny? Because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the case. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> shouldn't be the case. But it is. Right. Uh, whatever. All I don't right, know. Girls. I think there's a difference in likability on a normal human level and on a presidential level. I think those things are very and different. And what do you think about on the presidential level? I think it's harder. I think it's... You think that men yeah. are more likable than women. Yeah, but God, we didn't really like any of the men either. I don't think anybody's <laughs> likable. I mean, when you really start thinking about... I mean... That's why Donald Trump's in the Oval. Because nobody likes likable. him. No, nobody liked him. When he was running, his base thought oh, like, no. uh, he talks my talk. Right. He hates the same they people thought, I They hate. thought he was he blue collar. the same. He's going to get me work. Yeah, that blah, was blah, blah, weird. On and on and so forth. Do you remember... Yeah, did you ever watch South Park? I don't. I'm just not that kind of funny. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a lot of it is not that kind of funny. <laughs> get it? <laughs> but in... I guess it was 2000. I can't remember if it was 2000 or 2004. The lockbox. So it was 2000. It was Al Gore. They did. It was a competition between a turd sandwich (laughs) and a giant douche. And that and when you think about it, I mean, you think about Al Gore, like who doesn't like Al Gore? I mean, he was the annoying guy that always had his hand up in class. And and George Bush, like he just. We'd have less of a climate change problem right now if Al Gore would have been our president. I know we're not going there, but I just needed to have it. But my point is that both of those people were likable and nobody liked either one of them. It's interesting. So I don't. I think part of the reason that Barack Obama was so successful with undiscovered voter groups he in was 2008 likable. is because he was likable. But yeah, he is yeah. like the only president outside of Bill Clinton <laughs> really that has been likable. We're going to talk about that next time. Yeah. We're going to talk about why the right didn't like Michelle because that feels crazy to me. But we are. We have run long. This has been a really fun one. It's fun when like tra- like we have we we have hotspots, Tracy and I, and like I we just don't visit them very often. We so didn't even talk successful. about the super fucked up thing that we have to talk about next, next week. week. Yeah, 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 yeah. But thanks everybody. I mean, that is you know Woo. not safe for work. Yeah. Thanks so much. Listen and subscribe to Dame It All to Hell on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, friends. See you next week. 